Welcome to the Book Bat Podcast, where we explore the world of fantasy, whether in Christian books or otherwise. I am your co-host, Jason. And I'm your other co-host, Carlissa J. And today, I want to pose the question of, is familiarity in our reading in this case, or just what we consume in terms of media, is that a good thing, or... Does that actually stunt our creative growth and just our ability to think outside the box? Probably a little of both. Okay, so where this came from was I was looking through, well, more or less mentally categorizing in my head all the books that I have bought recently. I don't list what Carlos has bought because she literally buys hundreds of books every year, most of which are not fantasy, it should be noted. I don't buy hundreds of books do i <laughs> i count the ones that you get for the church library carlissa i still don't think it reaches hundreds it reaches definitely dozens it reaches easily over 200 every year you think so i can crack down the numbers if you want <laughs> i can pull the receipts hmm. it's gonna be a lot more than you think it is and anyway i noticed that out of the fantasy books that we've purchased recently most involve a what I would call a high level of familiarity, where the main draw for buying this book is its familiarity. Either, you know, it's a part of an ongoing series, that's pretty normal, or it's written by a certain author, it's a, on a certain franchise. Anywho, I looked at a bunch of the recent purchases of fantasy books in our home and uh, manga for the Legend of Zelda series, which is a video game series that we are very familiar with. I know I purchased a at least the first manga for the Ruby adaptation, which is a web series put out by Rooster Teeth. When I was looking for new comics, I found the Sonic the Hedgehog comics, which is a IP that I really like. I, for one, at least am a big fan of the Star Wars brand, so when looking for new books, I've grab some of their stuff i grabbed some of what would go under the brand of star wars legends in the thrawn trilogy and i actually bought one of their graphic novels for the high republic which is a new branch they've got going on and yeah i was thinking about all these per different purchases i've made more recently and it's like and I'd like to pose the question of, does it stunt our creativity and just our growth as a person if we largely stick with what is familiar? Because when we do that, I believe there's a risk of us essentially creating a creative echo chamber where nothing really gets challenged or we aren't pushed to see things differently. It never pushes us to actually learn or grow anyway so carlissa mm -hmm. all that i just said yes was a question it was a question so are you gonna answer it probably is healthy to read things outside of the familiar but then the question is how outside of the familiar do we need to be going like i would instantly go to reading classics and classic literature so reading outside of your time period so carlissa yes as a creative mm-hmm what do you do to push yourself to help yourself grow or actually have more than essentially a glorified echo chamber around you? I read for your classics. Creativity? 
what kind of classics? Things like the Bible and the apocryphal books that were circulating around the time that the Bible was written. Also, just lately been trying to read a little bit more from the 1800s, but then also like classic authors like Tolkien and Lewis. I just was revisiting my notes for Jason M. Baxter's book, The Medieval Mind of C.S. Lewis, and thinking again about how I would like to try to dive a little more into medieval books. I've read a couple classic spiritual books from the medieval time period. would like to look into some other books, too. How does that help you in terms of changing how you write fantasy? I think it's just helpful to have the different perspectives of writing style. Writing styles and what is you know, the normal way to write, the normal way to tell a story, that sort of thing, does evolve over time and change as the culture changes. So reading a book from the 1800s, it does feel different than the way a modern story would be written. Uh, And that becomes even more so when you're reading from time periods farther away from us. So it just gives me a different perspective on, okay, this is the normal way I'm used to things being written and how I'm, what words, that's actually one that gets brought up a lot by like J.R.R. Tolkien and Madeline L'Engle both brought up how English seems to be becoming more and more, oh, what's the word? We're losing a lot of words. We don't, we don't um, have as many words in our regular vocabulary as maybe previous generations did. So just revisiting that. There are more variety of words we could be using. So what are your plans for how you're going to help yourself write fantasy better and write better by reading more widely? Do you have any goals for that? The way I try to stretch myself to learn and stuff like that is I look at more the technical side. I try to look at things from a more technical standpoint how different stories can be told through different mediums, what their different strengths and weaknesses are, and what are certain crossovers that could potentially be done that at least normal novels won't do. Okay, what do you mean by all of that? One thing that I've been doing a lot of is reading more graphic novels and trying to understand on a technical level how they tell their stories and what are things that people just take for granted in graphic novel storytelling that could be translated to a written novel that most people wouldn't think of. So what's one example of that? One example would be a lack of dialogue. If you've read a graphic novel, one thing that stood out to me about a lot of manga and graphic novels that I've read is that there's actually not a lot of dialogue in any of them. Maybe it's just the ones I've read, but one thing I've noticed is that compared to a written novel, which almost always has large amounts of dialogue for its characters, manga especially relies more on a mix between subtlety and exaggeration. Whereas it feels like when you're writing a written novel, you're just encouraged to keep it all level and not try to lean too hard one way or the other all of a sudden. Okay, so what would it look like to lean into the subtlety and the exaggeration in writing a novel? At one moment, having 
over-exaggerating a character's reaction or thought process to something, and then at a later scene, not giving the same amount of exaggeration to it. So do you mean like putting in lots of details sometimes and skipping details other times? Kind of focus in on reactions that you want the reader to really pay attention to versus reactions that are not quite as central to the story? That or kind of give the reader a sense of where the character is at mentally and emotionally. Maybe if they're more hyperactive than it, or their imagination's more hyperactive, then descriptions are big, long, and flowery. Whereas when they're tired or they're, they're intensely focused, it's kept to only a few words because cool. they are, for whatever reason, they don't they aren't thinking in so many words. So yeah, more focused on the character's perspective of events. What that brings to mind for me, I'm not sure if this is really what you're getting at, kind of a play on the unreliable narrator, which is the concept of you're seeing things from the character's perspective and the character's perspective isn't always level-headed and realistic. Isn't that where most good character-driven stories come from? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> like, you, that was one flaw that you pointed out with the a YouTube channel, how it should have ended, is that mm. their videos always point out the quote-unquote flaws of popular movies and occasionally TV shows and such by going, hold on, what do you do if everything is quote-unquote logical, even if, well, if everyone was perfectly logical, then this conflict wouldn't have happened in the first place. <laughs> if people don't function on a perfectly logical level you know perfectly logical level then guess what the ring would have been tossed into the pit of mount doom after sauron was defeated the first time regardless of whether or not the narrator is unreliable or not if it's character driven it needs to be allowed to operate in the non-logical and occasionally nonsensical because that's how anyone operates from time to time they aren't always logical they aren't always sensical people tend to do what they feel is right or what makes sense in the moment even if 10 minutes later they realize that wasn't the case do you have any books that inspire you and in how well they deal with character emotions and reactions and that sort of thing i have three that instantly come to mind and they are Two are miniseries, which spin off of the mainline Sonic the Hedgehog comics that IDW is publishing. One is the Tangle and Whisper miniseries, and the other one is the Imposter Syndrome miniseries. Third one would be Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess manga run. All right, so this is all graphic novels, comic books, manga. Is that a problem? I guess I should have been more specific with Those me. are the kind of things that do this thing best because that's what they automatically lean into. Written novels don't tend to lean into this. I wonder, does the visual aspect affect it when you're actually seeing the characters? Um, is it easier for the author to lean into you getting attached to a character that you can look at as opposed to in a book? when you have to imagine what the character looks like while you are diving into their emotions and stuff you don't think I that don't, matters i don't think that matters i think the problem is is that most authors write first and foremost 
from a conflict standpoint. They come up with a massive conflict or political drama or whatever. Or the conflict comes first, I'm finding, in most of these stories and the characters second. It's all about the conflict. And you frankly don't notice a character or his eye twitch in a heated moment when they start to lose their grip on sanity if that doesn't in some significant way reflect or impact the major conflict at hand. What would be some examples of novels that are really good character-driven stories? The ones that come to my mind primarily is Brian Jake's Redwall series. The conflict really is very similar from book to book. If you were to strip it down to its nuts and bolts, what makes every single novel different is the characters that are involved in the conflict. Well, thank you for listening to us ramble about this topic, and I'm not sure if we actually resolved anything (laughs) or said anything worth saying, but that's what you get sometimes. (laughs) So be sure to follow us at book-bat.com, and you can follow Carlissa on Facebook under... That same name, Book-Bat. If you listen to this on Apple Podcasts, leave a review and subscribe, all that stuff. Maybe share it with other people. Bye. Bye.